the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Speed service won't hinder the ability of planes to land during poor weather. That's White House correspondent Greg Cluxon. A 50-year-old bridge collapsing in Pittsburgh early yesterday. That required rescuers to rappel down a ravine to rescue those trapped in a bus that went out about 150 feet. The driver spoke to WPXI in Pittsburgh. Very thankful to be safe and, and alive. I mean, you know, it could have been a lot worse. Officials in Cameroon are now blaming a deadly stadium crush at the African Cup of Nations tournament on what they call a massive influx of ticketless fans who arrived late to the game and tried to force their way in. That stampede left eight people dead. Arizona Governor Doug Ducey says Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas should step down because he lacks concern about the border crisis. He doesn't call the governor. He doesn't call the congressional delegation. He has the border agents actually turning their back on him in the meeting. Ducey is calling on Mayorkas to resign given the administration's lax policies. Ducey says is leading to an influx of illegal drugs. More from- the mystery of Two Creations author Emmanuel J. Charles first time reveals the secret of creation account from the book of Genesis, which was unknown to mankind for ages. Pastors and evangelists can start teaching creation account in churches boldly without any doubt or hesitation. Many young students who are walking away from the faith due to lack of evidence to refute the theory of evolution will find answers in this book. Adam and Eve were not evolved from animals, but created by God Almighty. God of the creation is the God of science. Visit Amazon.com and BarnesandNobles.com to purchase your copy today. Get your copy of The Mystery of Two Creations by Emmanuel Charles at Barnes & Noble or Amazon today. A court has thrown Pennsylvania's mail-in voting law into doubt. In a party-line decision Friday, a state court of three Republican and two Democratic judges found Pennsylvania's expansive mail-in voting law violates the state constitution. The decision upheld challenges filed by Republicans after then-President Donald Trump criticized mail-in voting in 2020 with unfound claims of fraud. Friday's decision was immediately appealed to the state Supreme Court by Democratic Governor Tom Wolf's administration. That is Mike Grazia reporting. Today is Saturday. That's January 29th, the 29th day of 2022. It was on this day back in 1936. The first inductees of baseball's Hall of Fame were named in Cooperstown, New York. And that class inducted included Ty Cobb and Babe Ruth. Poet Robert Frost died on this date back in 1963 at the ripe old age of 88. Breaking news and analysis at townhall.com. The nation's largest utility, Pacific Gas and Electric, is about to emerge from five years of criminal probation amid worries it remains too dangerous to be trusted. Over the last five years, the utility became an even more destructive force. 
Over 100 people have died and more than 23,000 homes and businesses have been incinerated in wildfires sparked by its equipment in that time. The probation period was supposed to rehabilitate PG&E after its 2016 felony conviction for a 2010 explosion that blew up a neighborhood and killed eight people. As correspondent Jeremy House reporting, Wall Street ended a volatile week of trading on Friday with a late afternoon buying surge that wound up giving the major stock indexes their biggest gains of the year and snapped a three-week losing streak. S&P 500 up 2.4% of its value, nearly all of it coming in the last hour. Portions of this program are pre-recorded. It's Eye on Real Estate on AM 970. The answer. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle, um, and we are in the middle of talking to uh, Pete. Or, and we're talking about a question about monthlies, and uh, in the city, the monthlies are high. And Stephen, what is your thoughts on that? And I don't know. You know, we've tried to fight it sometimes, but I we've really never been successful. What is your thoughts? Yeah, so I think there's a couple things to keep in mind when doing the due diligence. If you're going to go in and want to have you know more of a fixed budget, you want to take a look a close look at the financials and discuss them with your attorney to really see what makes up the financials. Um, and we can take a look at the past history, right? You know, history will not always give you a perfect guide to the future, but it'll get a sense to see what is the an- the average annual increase over the years, and then you can also see you know, what's really comprising the budget, right? When you're looking at finding the right property and you're looking in a co-op or a condo, do you need or want a doorman? Do you need or want certain amenities like a gym or a swimming pool? And but depending Steven, on if I you th- come down on that, that. I think he already has the apartment. I mean, he's living there now, correct? Isn't that what you said, Peter? Yeah, well, I have a yeah, I have a, I have a place here. I might stay in this one here, or or sell it and go into something, go into something else. Like for example, um, I usually I'm very attracted to buildings that have a lot of units on it to spread the costs around. So you keep so the building like that might have a lot of different uh, studio designs, and you could see the differences. So you know, one is a little higher floor, so it would be, it could be like $500 a month on a lower floor, and then you go up a little higher, or, they, or, they, or, they, or there's an extra window of some sort, and all of a sudden, the maintenance fees could be, you know, $900, you know, for, 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 for the apartment, or if you go to Forest Hills or something like that, the, the monthlies could be lower. They can have a doorman, or a part-time doorman, a full-time doorman. And so I'm looking at all these different variations of 
you know, I'm not sure if that's that's the correct way to to do it, but the monthlies are, are you know are important to me. So you know, they might be a thousand dollars now, and five years from now, who knows what they could be? Because um, I guess in the city, they they might be calibrated using different criteria or var- variables to determine what the um, you know the property taxes could be and all that other kind of stuff. And, but I'm not an expert in this, so I'm going to use it just. Well, let me get in on a few points to consider. Um, Number one, and and you've made a very interesting one, and people should be aware of. um, You know, you mentioned how some apartments might be five hundred dollars a month, and some might be nine hundred dollars a month in the same building. One of the things that I've witnessed is there are plenty of buildings in which the allocation of either shares for a co-op or percent common elements for a condo are maybe slightly uneven, right? What's happened is there is a rule. Um, when you create a new co-op or condo as a developer, you have to have a fair allocation based on certain criteria. So that way the fees are evenly distributed um, in a way based on value. You, the number one criteria is square footage, right? If you have one apartment that's 1,000 square feet and another one that's 2,000 square feet, generally speaking, the apartment that's 2,000 square feet would pay double the monthly fees than the other one. But there are other criteria, and I've seen errors and mistakes and misallocations. So, you know, do be careful. Um, And look, the other thing is you made a great point. You know, if you have a building with 40 apartments in it and you have another building that's basically the same footprint but is 80 apartments and it's double the height, you're going to have a lower maintenance for the 80-apartment building on average. Right, because if you have a 24-hour doorman, you have 80 apartments instead of 40 supporting that salary. You have a roof that's basically the same, but you have 80 apartments that can pay for roof repairs than 40. So there are certain economies of scale, and and if you really look down in, into the weeds of that, you can see that certain buildings will tend to have a higher carry than others just because of the number of apartments and design of the building. And also, but I just, I, I just would like to also tell you that you also have to look at lifestyle because, you know, I'm from, you know, I know Queens, I know areas. You're going to, everything is cheaper for most part in Queens than New York City itself. So your price is probably going to be cheaper that you, like if you sold your apartment, you probably could buy something cheaper in Queens and the allocations are usually less. But you have to look at how you want to live. So if you've lived in the city and your friends are there and you, you know, you're very comfortable there, then you have to also think, gee, you know, am I going to be happy being in Queens? And that's, you know, there's no right or wrong. I don't know. And also, I would also look at sometimes uh, if there's a lot of work that has to be done. Like if you can look, I, I was looking at an apartment and I, you know, I kind of found out that there was all this work that they had to do in this building that they didn't do yet. And so that would really be another consideration. Uh, so I would, you know, but the city is always going to be, I mean, you're, you're comparing two completely different areas. So if you're looking for cheaper, you're probably going to get it at Queens. But they, they think, are you going to be happy there? And, 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 and if you're asking, will it jump way, way up? Stephen... Usually they don't jump astronomically unless 
there's something in the building, a lot of work that has to be done. And do you go to, are you in a co-op or a condo, Pete? A condo. Okay. So do you go to any of their meetings at all or when they have them? Um, not too much. Well, you should. You should. And you'll get a good feel for, you know, uh, and is the building, you know, what's what's in store? Like if there's things that the capital improvements that they have to do and things of that nature. I think that's something that you should also get a little involved in. They don't usually have many meetings. That, co-ops have more, but um, you might want to do that. But again, I think I would look at your lifestyle too. And I, I don't know. Is there anything else, Stephen, that you could think of? But, and and. Yeah, no, I, I think those are great. Going to the meetings, you can see exactly what's going on. Uh, you know, get a sense of are there capital improvements, right? Do they need to redo all the windows or how's the lobby look or the elevator or the laundry room, right? Those are some things. And and look, there's more than one way to handle it. And, and you can see from the history of the building how they finance things. Do they have solid reserves, right? You know, buildings that are tight on reserves, they're forced to issue extra assessments or borrow more money at lines of credit as opposed to buildings that have money in reserve. And, and, and as Dottie pointed out, look, you know, the, the costs of running a building conceptually are the same on a day-to-day basis, right? Insurance, water, heat, um, you know, paying property taxes, things like that. So those items, they evolve in, in sort of the natural course. So look, they're not, unfortunately, they do go up. But that's, that would happen whether it's a co-op, a condo, or a house, uh, and regardless of where you are. And, and the key is to be attentive and informed. Well, I'm willing to, to go into a much smaller space because they do have, you know, apartments, co-ops out there that you know, have, a, have a, a nice layout. And they may be like three or 400 square feet. And they have, um, and it, the way they apportion it, the, the maintenance could be pretty low on it. Could be four or five hundred dollars a month. Sometimes it includes all utilities. And however, they calculate those those numbers. So to stay in the city, that you know, I'm willing to 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 com- compromise. Well, see, that's a perfect word because you know when people come in and they're trying to compare apples to oranges, it doesn't really work. You can't do that. But I would tell you, if you like living in the city, and it's a certain lifestyle then then you will then what i would do is first start to look around just go out with a broker and start to look around and see what you can get i would also find out in the building you're in if there's any major like steven said if there's any major improvements that they have to make in the next 10 years uh because wherever you go rents go up Taxes go up if you're in a house. So things go up, but they usually don't jump unless there's like major things. And if you're willing to compromise and your friends are there and it's a lifestyle, I mean, it's an individual decision. But to me, if I've been in a place a lot of my life and that's where I've been, I don't know if I'd want to move to a completely different place unless, you know, you check that out. Because I don't think you can pair. It's like apples and oranges. Queen's going to definitely be cheap. <laughs> and New York, if you, you know, if you, if you start, but, but, but get a good feel of what you can get 
and and what's it, what what's the monthlies are going to be in different buildings, and then compare that to your own, and um, I think that'll help you make a better decision. But if you're going to do that, I would do it too. I know. All right, Steve, keep us posted. I mean, Pete, Steve, thanks for calling and have a great day, even though it's snowing out. Um, I have my guest who has uh, a friend of mine, actually, for a lot of years. Uh, He's been on the show before. His name is Stephen Moranis, and uh, he is, oh, God, he's a guru of Canada. He knows everything about it. He's been in the business forever. And uh, we became friends, I think, Stephen. Uh, we became friends probably when we both worked at Mer- were we at Merrill Lynch or something like that, Ben? I don't Yeah. Good, good morning. Good morning, Dottie, and, and belated Happy New Year. We go back. Uh, we started when we were teenagers, I think we have to admit. Right. So I, I think back at the... <laughs> Merrill Lynch Prudential Real Estate Affiliate Days. Uh, we had the master franchise um, in Ontario, and I think you had the one in Long Island no, where I, you started. No, no, no. I worked for them. I didn't. I didn't own anything. Um, okay. You had a master franchise because you were Canada. I worked for Merrill Lynch, and okay, um, that's how we both met from, and God knows how many years. And we've kept in touch. We forged great friendships, and I always had a high respect. And you, uh, also, your family did have some places in Florida, if I recall correctly, didn't you? Uh, yeah, my late mom, uh, Katie, used to go. Yeah, my mom had a place in Longboat Key. We used to go, and because uh, we were sort of tennis-oriented family, we used to go to the Colony Club, which was. Do you remember Nick Bolitari? He's still there. It was. Is he still there? That's yeah. So um, yeah, I just did some... something for TV there. Terrific, terrific. So there's Let's a lot of things it. happening. Yep. Yeah, yeah. That's what I want to do. I want to take a look at you know, and I know you're up on what goes on in the in, in, in U.S. Um, and I I want to kind of see what's going like how we could how you're handling it now in Canada they're handling it and I'm assuming that you have inflation there also. Uh, well, yeah. Let me let me kind of let me kind of give you a, um, a a short sort of um, you know screen view um, of what's happening in Canada. I had uh, I write a column weekly with a colleague, uh, Professor Dr. Murtaza Hader, and we write for the Post Media, which is kind of like the Wall Street Journal, the Financial Post. We write, uh, write weekly, and we we had the privilege and pleasure. Uh, to be called as a witness in front of the federal government um, standing committee on finance. It's sort of like going in front of the House committee in the U.S. And they're they're studying inflation in the current Canadian economy, as well as uh, obviously housing, which is a big component. And it was interesting to note, um, it was a three-hour hearing on this past Monday, that inflation here doesn't include all sort of the the elements that should be included, like used cars and some other items. If you factor everything in, we're probably over 7% inflation right now in Canada, although what the government admits is something like 4.8. It's still pretty bad, and house prices have gone, you know, ridiculously high. Prices increased 
30%. And there, you know, there's so many things happening. One of the biggest challenges is clearly low interest rates because the low interest rates have really driven the um, demand in housing. And it's been, I would say, probably the same in the United States. Housing is being viewed as an asset class, right? So um, look at all the companies buying tens and thousands of of houses, you know, to put in a portfolio and monetize and all the other stuff. And it's happening here. And, and there's a whole bunch of knee jerk reactions. Like, how do we combat this? And they're coming up with basically things like a luxury tax on houses over a million dollars. Um, they're coming, you know, higher realty taxes. Um, you know, obviously capital gains tax we don't have is being touched upon. And, you know, and, and the biggest challenge is Canada is not building enough new homes and there's a huge bottleneck in development. I don't know what it's like in major urban centers in the U.S., but in Toronto and Vancouver, it can take up three to five years to get a project approved to even start construction. So it's it's the supply is basically being hampered by the politics of municipal, provincial, which is state and federal governmental bodies that aren't working together it's it's a real mess well i don't i don't i you know i look i don't want to uh comment one way or the other i would just say that look we have inflation and uh basically when you have inflation uh that means that things cost more okay that your money is going to it actually erodes the value of your cash it encourages consumers you know to try to spend less because everything goes up and we have inflation actually i have an article here on the u.s Stephen, that says surging prices key inflation measure it's a 39 year high now if you just read this article which is in big capital letters Surging prices, key inflation measure, it's a 39-year high. Well, you are going to say, oh, my God, how will I do this? But when you really read the article, which most people don't, okay, they might read a few sentences, but they don't read the whole article. Even though prices went through the roof in the U.S. last year, Stephen, they are still nowhere near the historic highs from the 1980s. Um, inflation peaked in the spring of the 1980s at 14.8% without seasonal adjustments. So, it, it, although we have inflation, it is nowhere near our historical peak. Uh, but they no, have, and, they I, and, and I, I, I agree with they you, but and I remember... I remember the 80s. Don't forget, I don't know what it was like uh, specifically in the United States. We had mortgage interest rates approaching 20% in that period. So, you know, that kind of, um, that was a bit of a lever that um, sort of cooled things off. And if you remember, I mean, probably the prices reached a real high around 88, 89. And then, you know, they dropped significantly. It took back to 96 or 97 to recover to those levels. So I don't think any of us kind of want that cycle again. You know, is there a soft landing? And that's the question. Well, 
I don't have tarot cards handy, although I know how to read them. Um, <laughs> well, okay. You know the Stephen, interest- what do you think? Pardon oh, me. Stephen, maybe I, I think you better. We're on- yeah, comment there for the break. We're going to take a break, and we're going to talk with Stephen Moranis and Stephen Ebert and all of our listeners about inflation. Hey, it's Joe Piscopo. You don't want to miss what's in store for you at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City. It's the 7th Annual 21st Century Drug and Violence Prevention Training Conference put on by LEAD, Law Enforcement Against Drugs. As a community, let's come together as one and help develop our youth into leaders of tomorrow. LEAD partners law enforcement agencies with our educators, community leaders, families to create programs that deter youth and adults from drug use, drug-related crimes, bullying, and violence. They are committed to reinforcing the mutual respect, goodwill, and relations between law enforcement and their communities. Exactly what this country needs. Registration is available for the three-day conference at Harrah's Resort in Atlantic City, March 20th through the 22nd. Sign up at leaddrugs.org. That's lead, L-E-A-D, drugs.org. Help bring law enforcement and our community together during these difficult times. Sign up for the 7th Annual Lead Conference today. New York, New York, Plaza Construction LLC seeks trade project manager for its Columbia University Tennis Center project to coordinate with project field operations to ensure transfer of information is delivered, understood, and implemented in the required time frames within budget and to the quality specified by the contract documents. Bachelor's degree in civil engineering, construction management, or closely related field, and two years of related experience. Knowledge of general contract, subcontract documents, drawings, and specifications required. Knowledge of Microsoft office suite and construction related technologies eg cmic bim and lean required employer will accept any suitable combination of education training or experience send resume to plaza construction llc lisa tong 360 lexington avenue second floor new york new york 1017 once again send resume to plaza construction llc lisa tong 360 lexington avenue second floor new york new york 1017 It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. Listening to I Am Real Estate. I'm Dottie Herman. I'm here with Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle and uh, a real estate expert that I've been friends with and 
I know for years uh, who uh, does real estate in Canada, and we're talking about inflation and what's going on and kind of comparing it. Before that, I just want to tell Ace, uh, we all here at the radio, myself, Stephen, and, and all of our listeners, all want to wish you a speedy recovery because we miss you and we love you, okay, and feel better. Um, so getting back, I had to do that. I, 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 Ace is, he's an ace. What can I tell you? He's just terrific. Uh, so I was talking to Stephen, and Canada has inflation. And although it's not the highest it's ever been, it is a problem. And we're having construction problems. Like now, you know, we don't have enough new homes. And, you know, production takes longer. And if you go to stores, like the shelves are kind of, Baron, uh, so uh, so so. I I think I I don't know if it's going to get better. Um, I think that it should calm down, but I don't know. What do you think, Stephen? I, I you were in the middle of saying something and we had a break. Well, uh, yeah, Dottie, well, I think. Go, go ahead. Steve. Sorry, Steve. I'll defer to you. Go ahead, Steve. Oh yeah, you're both oh, Stevens. The, the- <laughs> yeah, it wasn't your one. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it's going back from when on, on the inflation comments. I, I think it's a well-taken point. I think there's a real issue as to what's included in inflation and in that figure and, and how the number is really um, slightly off. Um, you know, for example, one thing that make inflation seem underreported is that they include technology. And in it, they discuss it and they, and they calculate it from the point of view of cost for computing power. So as devices get more and more powerful, they become cheaper um, from an inflation point of view. And that's really keeping things down. And I think it's something to watch. I mean, when we look at um, the growth in the GDP, and we, we did have uh, on its face some very nice numbers. At the same time, a lot of it was growth in inventory. And so these are things to keep in mind when really looking at the economic uh, data. So I'm reading, I'm reading Stephen, because I, you know, I uh, knew we were going to talk about this. I always do my homework. Uh, but it, it says it, in the U.S. that stripping out food and energy costs, which tend to be more volatile, even in non-pandemic times, inflation rose to 5.5% between December 20 and December 21. And the biggest annual jump since February 91. So that was a big jump when, um, and at a much faster pace. Separately, the food prices in the U.S. climbed 6.3%, while grocery prices rose even more at 6.5%. Energy costs rose 29.3%, which seems very high over the past year. Um, and again, they're saying that even though it's high, it doesn't, it doesn't, it wasn't the highest. And it says that we know that inflation won't disappear in 2022. And they believe that this longer run inflation data will continue to trend higher until at least February. And, the, the, you know, until they get more data. But it takes a toll and you can afford less. So I... I don't know. I really am not an expert at knowing what you would do to, to control that. I don't know that you know Stephen or one of the Stevens. 
I don't. Well, in, Donnie, in front of uh, on the housing sector alone, in front of the finance committee hearings this week, you know, they mentioned the debt has has, um, inc- you know, increased by over 200 billion dollars in the housing sector and you know multiply that times 10 because we're about one-tenth the population of the united states that would be a big number for you know the u.s and and you may be there or even at a higher number but it's all been accommodated by increased borrowing at very low rates so the question is is this going to be a um, favorable outcome for everyone that whether the cost of a used car or the cost of a new car or the cost of a home has increased 30%, 40%, whatever it is, um, and people are financing those acquisition costs by more debt driven by low interest rates, when is the day of reckoning? That is really sort of ultimately sort of the question mark that everyone is sort of scratching their head about. Well, that's really a good question, and I have to tell you, of course, I don't have the answer, but what I think about, and Stephen, both Stephen's up, what I think about is, okay, we got through this pandemic when people could not go to work, when businesses closed down, um, people could not pay their rent. And fortunately, they wrote checks for people so that people could survive. And they did. But the stimulus stuff is all coming to an end. You know, you know, you can still apply places uh, for, you know, you can still show hardship and still get subsidies. But for most part, my, my thoughts are more than inflation. What happens when everything stops? And I was reading an article the other day, because I think we talked about this on the show, Stephen, if I recall. And I said, gee, what happens? Uh, I think I told you that landlords who uh, can't evict anyone and they will have to be able to tell someone if you can't pay the rent still, then here's a form and you can apply for some relief from the government and if you qualify then the government will pay the rent directly to the, hand, the landlord so i think there's a lot i think it's a lot bigger than inflation you know i but we have a good job market and a lot of innovation and there is a lot of money on the sidelines because people didn't spend it and so i i don't i i don't really have a good answer because i'm not an expert in, and i don't think anyone knows what Stephen, do you think anyone knows what inflation will calm down? I, I don't. I don't have. Well, I think the, the bank. We have five major banks in Canada, and the bank economists are all sort of, uh, you know, not quite sure of sort of, you know, what the solution might be or where it's going to go. There's no question. You you mentioned you're at a 39-year high for inflation. We're at a 30-year high, even though. Like they say, I said the the inflation numbers they're um, basically um, you know bringing out are are understated, and that may be true in the U.S. They're missing you know they're missing certain categories of goods and services that probably should have been factored into true inflationary um, rates. So you know I think um, 
you know, the housing well, market is not a national housing market. I don't I'm, I'm sure it's the same in the United States. Vancouver is different than Toronto, is different than Calgary, is different than Montreal. So we've got local and regional housing markets that are suffering from a variety of different things. And yet the federal government in some way is trying to come up with a national solution, which I don't believe is possible. I think it's got to be sort of a local, provincial or state and federal sort of collaboration on you know the problems and the challenges and the solutions and we don't have we don't have that well, um really collaboration happening here in in canada at this point which is unfortunate yeah well i think in in, in the states it's different i think the states have more power but as i can tell you that um from what i read uh, they expect inflation um in 22 to be at seven percent um, for the Federal Reserve, which the Federal Reserve, which stepped on the stimulus breaks last fall and predicts multiple interest rate hikes this year, the hot inflation numbers are just adding to the urgency because you really have to take interest rates up. We know that high inflation exacts a toll, particularly for less people, for the people that are less able to meet the higher cost of essentials like food, housing, and transportation. However, in the U.S., keeping price levels is keeping price levels, you know, even is one of the two mandates of the central bank, and the other being to maximize employment, rolling back stimulus, raising rates, and eventually unwinding its massive balance sheet are steps that they believe uh, to help inflation. Now, how long is that going to take, and is that actually going to happen? Because those are words. And as I heard on one of the news show, words are words. So I don't think anyone knows. I think that, but at least the job market's pretty good here. Uh, I, I, how is the job market in Canada? Oh, the job market is pretty good. Unemployment is, is low. Um, you know, there's a lot of people choosing to leave their jobs because they don't want to go back to an office tower. You know, the pandemic is sort of changed, I think, in... They change individuals, uh, yeah, circumstances. So you've got all these big bank towers in, say, downtown Toronto, and, and they're empty. I mean, I was down uh, at, uh, I had an appointment downtown, and the whole building in 45 stories, I asked, uh, you know, there's still security. One thing I'm not sure if you realize, we're still in lockdown in Ontario. So... Um, you know, we if you went to a Toronto Raptors basketball game or Toronto Maple Leaf hockey game, they're only allowing 500 fans. And that's for another month or so. Um, we you know, we're locked down until Monday. We haven't been able to go to a gym. Or, I feel um, for you. You'll just have to come here. Steven, we have I'd a break. We're running out of time. Well, just call me. You'll come on the show again. And maybe you'll come to New York when the snow stops. Okay, we'll I would be love right to back. Come to New York. I know you would. You will. Okay. Okay. We'll be right back at the snow stuff. Thank you, Stephen. Thanks a lot, Dottie. Have a great weekend. Thank you. You too.
join on-air TV and radio legal analyst attorney Arthur Idala for the Arthur Idala Power Hour every weekday evening at 6. The show is a mix of timely news and current events from a legal angle, compelling talk with high-profile guests and everyday people calling in, and discussions on state and local politics, health and wellness, entertainment, and more. The Arthur Idala Power Hour with attorney Arthur Idala, making the case for the city he loves. Weekday evenings at 6 on AM 970, The Answer. Route 22 Toyota. All right, Alex Kinsella, he wants you to know that due to the current landscape in the automotive industry, your current vehicle has never been worth more. That's right. Alex told me that he's paying overbooked value for all makes and models. So get over to Route 22 Toyota in Hillside, New Jersey right now and find out how much your vehicle is worth, whether you lease, finance your vehicle, or own it outright. It's worth more now than ever before. Alex says it does not matter if you purchase or lease a new vehicle. They're offering overbooked value for any maker model supply is low which means your vehicle is in demand and our friends at route 22 toyota they are making it worth your time it's 973-705-8905 you speak to someone on alex's team you get more than ever before for your current vehicle the address at route 22 toyota is 109 route 22 west in hillside new jersey 973-705-8905 or start here please route 22 toyota Com. Business analyst, finance transformation, Peloton Interactive Inc. in New York, New York. Job description, conduct complex business and system analysis in support of finance team through close review of processes and business requirements for developing, expanding, and implementing a best-in-class SAP-based finance information systems solution. Create efficiencies for the accounting close process and support an evolving business at scale. Coordinate post-go-live systems improvement projects and strategic initiatives, partnering cross-functionality with other critical business areas to deliver an integrated enterprise resource plan System. Confer with stakeholders to understand business requirements to be addressed by SAP Information Systems. Define SAP Systems goals and design integrated systems which meet requirements. Aid in coordination of SAP system, installation and monitoring, and testing of ongoing system performance. Provide training for users of system by assisting with development of relevant technical materials and SOPs. May telecommute from any location within the U.S. Resume to Christina.ellis at OnePeloton.com. Job code 49134.00131. Hi, folks. This is Jerry Crowley, General Manager at Salem Media Group in New York. I want to tell you about a terrific opportunity we have for two people to join us, one to sell digital advertising and the other to sell radio advertising at the radio station. Please drop me a note at jerry.crowley at salem.cc if you're interested or you know someone who might be interested in joining us. jerry.crowley at salem.cc. Thank you very much. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. You're listening to I on Real Estate, and I'm here with Stephen Ebert, and um, I'm Dottie Herman, and we, uh, we're talking about inflation. And all I, I just want to say, and I'm not Pollyanna, and I certainly have my days, and if somebody really knew my whole life, they would know, hey, I went through the word hell and back. So it's not always, but I try to look at positive things because we can always focus on everything that's negative, And there's plenty of that. But it looks like COVID is calming down a bit, although we know people that have it. But it doesn't look like people are dying because of the vaccine. So that's a good 
and we're looking and 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 we've gotten through this and i think that in many ways as i said before and i read that poem on the pandemic years ago i think people maybe realize hopefully that it sinks in for a longer time than just a little bit but that really what's most important is your health because if you don't have your health then you don't have anything um, the job market's pretty good and people really communicated more because they could do anything else and so you we a lot of people touch bases with friends and people that they hadn't spoken to for years and that's all good things and if you want to know what we expect february to be like and again remember predictions are predictions they are not facts because they didn't happen yet but rising mortgage rates have been big news uh so as i said if you're going to buy you should try to get in now and lock in a rate that's low but they're not going up they don't look like they're going to go up to like you know, like when we, when I bought houses, like 12%, 13%. But of course, they make a difference in payments. And Ace will talk more about that when he gets better. Um, decline, so what will happen if interest rates go up, which they look like they're going up in March or so, you will have declining housing affordability, which means that if interest rates go up, you'll have, you'll qualify for less. So, um, how much less that would really depend on your your finance uh, according to freddie mac the average 30-year loan rate now is 3.56 uh, well above the sub three percent rates we saw a few months ago so they're already up at a whopping 77 basis points uh, jump over the time so when you throw in inflation and double digit home price gains overall housing affordability starts to take a major hit. In fact, the typical house is now 21% less affordable than it was a year ago. Now, let me just say this. When we set prices, we don't set the prices. Everyone thinks the realtor sets the prices. You know what sets the prices? What somebody is willing to pay. And when prices get high enough that people aren't willing to pay them anymore, the prices won't go up. But we were in a market where people just didn't care. They were just spending and bidding up and, okay, but there'll be, there comes a point when people will say, that's it. And that's determines the price. It's, it's what willing people are willing to pay for something. Uh, there's no secret person that prices houses, okay? I would remember a, a man called me and he complained. He said, I have a better house and my neighbor, like two doors away, is selling his house for like, I don't remember how much less, but it was a fair amount less, which made his house less desirable because this one was cheaper. I said, well, that's, you know, what can I tell you? That's what he wants. So we do know that we're still going to have a strong housing market and there's a bigger amount of people that want to buy than supply. And we might see a mad rush now because people know interest rates are going up. So because they're going up, people are trying to look quickly and it's winter and it's cold and I don't expect you looking at house hunting today. But let me tell you something. If someone wants to see your home today in the middle of a snowstorm, I would say they're serious. Let them see it. Um, 
So we do expect more upward bumps in rents, okay? Uh, rents went up, you know, nationally about 14% in December, and they're looking at rents going up uh, in 2022. Crypto, crypto, crypto. Um, it started to become more common in real estate, which we'll talk about that on one of our shows. Uh, I think we have to talk about it a little bit more than just talk because it's hard for everyone to understand it. But crypto is is starting to become more common in real estate. And apparently, and I have these numbers, 12% of first-time home buyers last year sold some sort of cryptocurrency to make their down payment. Okay? So that's something that you could talk to Steve about and consider that. Um, Nobody expects any wave of foreclosures. If you were hoping that you could get a great deal because it would be a millions of low-cost distressed properties would hit the market. Uh, Doesn't look like that's in the cards. That's just not happening. Um, Actually, foreclosures were down 8% in December. So uh, the COVID-19 foreclosures tsunami that people had to anticipate is really not happening. Government and mortgage industry efforts have prevented millions of unnecessary foreclosures. And by the way, the banks don't want your house anyway. Um, and I don't think we're going to have time to talk about it today because I've had I have a million subjects. Um, but next week I am going to talk to you about the metaverse, and um, which is basically a virtual world, and. If I'm not mistaken, my my number might be not quite right, but I think I think there was three hundred twenty million dollars in one day of people that bought homes on the metaverse or bought land, and the metaverse is a virtual world, and um, that's going to be a subject that a lot of you are going to think is from out of space. Uh, I've been doing a lot; I've had a lot of calls on it, but actually. They're building a metaverse, which is a virtual world that people are buying and selling. They're going to have houses and land, and they have them already. And they have stores, if I'm not mistaken, maybe Gucci has a store there. It's a crazy thing, and I'd love to talk to you a little about it next week. Um, the stock market had a crazy week, did it not, Stephen? Um, yeah, I mean, so there's been a lot of volatility in, in, in a lot of items, you know, in cryptocurrency and stock market. I mean, there's there's a lot of influencers uh, that can affect it. And look, this this is where it's always good to have that balanced portfolio. I mean, when you have when you're leasing a property, the rent stays the same whether the stock market goes up or down that day. Um, so it's an important part of um, really a stable and balanced portfolio. True. And what I would say to you is there are a lot of things going on. Okay. So, uh, you know, you know, there's a lot of things going on. So I think that when you're making a decision, you need to speak to really professionals such as Steven. And I really can't say this. And I'm not just saying it because of Steven. I really mean this, use a real estate attorney. 
make sure you work with a broker that you think is good. And also, I suggest you kind of work with a broker that knows your area. Uh, it is going to be there's speed bumps ahead. And so you have to kind of look at, do you have a slush fund? Are you thinking of retiring? How do you want to live? A lot of the questions that you have to ask yourself, and if you're married, it gets more complicated because, you know, two people might think differently. Uh, next week, I'm going to give you tips when you're single and you're buying. But if you're married or, you're, or you have a spouse or somebody you're moving in with, you know, you have to look. Do you want more house? Are you willing to give up maybe going out to dinner once or twice a week? You have to kind of, as I said to Peter, if you live in the city your whole life, do you want to move to Queens? Okay, where if you're friend, it, it really is a matter of you taking the time. And I kind of do what I call a Ben Franklin close, which on myself, which I was kind of taught years ago. And I kind of make a list. These are what's really most important to me because no one, or at least no one I know, gets every single thing they want in their life. Uh, make a list. But I could tell you that for most people, real estate, unless you have to sell it at the wrong time, has really been a good hedge against inflation. And I, uh, and I call real estate the universal language because everyone knows about it. But we look like it's going to be a year that a lot goes on. You're going to see a lot of new businesses. You're going to see retail change. But these trends, and I, Stephen, I don't know if you agree or not, and this show is not about agreeing with everyone. Everyone has a different opinion. But my feeling is these trends were in the works. These trends were already in the works. The pandemic expedited them. I think we have to go. I could talk another hour or two. Hey, stay safe and stay warm. We'll be thinking about you and ACE, get better. And we'll be back with you next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.